Hello and welcome to Well Branded, the podcast, a place where you and I get the opportunity to engage with interesting personalities from all over the world and explore the success behind their brands, their strategy, and their vision. Welcome to an episode of Well Branded, the podcast. On the podcast today, I have a friend, a very respected South African influencer and personality, um, someone that has built his profile over the years and is quite respected within the market for various different industries, but ultimately is a black man, um, a black man in Africa, a black man in South Africa, and a black man that travels the world for various reasons, um, business, leisure, um, and all sorts. And today I wanted to I wanted to do my bit. Um, you know, I, I was one of many people that posted the black square last week, um, one of the many people that was outraged about what's going on in the world around us, but more importantly, wanted to do more. Um, and for me, that came in the form of education. It came in the form of listening to conversations, listening to people, understanding what is it that someone like me, someone like you, um, someone like many of us that want to mobilize, that want to take action, what is it that we can do? But before we go that, that, that route at all, it's really stepping back and understanding what is it like? What is it like for a black person in the world? What is it like? What are the things that we don't understand and that we need to understand before taking action? Um, today's conversation is certainly not about the controversy. It's not about arguing whether this happens or that happens. It's about saying there is a recognition that there is a problem in the world and there is a racial injustice and a racial inequality and it's there, um, you know, it's glaring. It's looking us in the face and if we're wanting to change the world for ourselves, we're wanting to change the world for our children, there is a time that we need to stop, we need to listen and we need to take action. So join me in welcoming Maseko Maponyane, uh, more commonly known to many of us as MAPS. Um, MAPS is a incredible personality. He's, he's always been so logical um, and so passionate. And today's conversation certainly is filled with that. You can hear it in the voice. You can hear it in sort of deliberation when he answers some of my questions. And the most important, most special part about this whole thing is, is when we close this interview, MAPS shares something that is absolutely remarkable um you know the words i don't i don't think i have the right words to share how i felt about what he's shared with us and shared with the listeners of this podcast it's something that no one else has heard or seen yet and it's very special and the words are very very hard hitting and very real so please join me um together with my conversation with maps um talking about the campaign of black lives matter talking about the relevancy um, you know, on, on the landscape or, or from the perspective of South Africans that we've been through it, we've seen the pain, you know, we've, when I look at some of the photos coming out of New York and some of the other areas of America, it, it reminds me of some of the things we learned about when we studied apartheid. It reminds me of the riots that we've seen in South Africa many years ago. And it's heartbreaking. Um, it's heartbreaking in 2020. It's heartbreaking in any year and in any time for anyone of any skin color to be prejudiced against. So it's time for us to stop it's time for us to um, sort of take notes, listen to the people that are going through it, listen to um, how we can how we can mobilize ourselves and take better action. So this is my chat with Masejo Mapanyane, um, Maps, for most of you that, that um, want to follow him on Instagram, you can. Um, and I hope that you take something away from it. The, the, the purpose and the intention of my conversation with Maps is really to understand what I can do better and share that information to you so that we can decide as a group what we can all do better to improve the state of our human family. Maps, welcome to the Well-Branded Podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Zara. 
Now, initially my thought, and you know, I'm always nagging you to sort of jump on these sorts of projects. And when, when I started the podcast, you were definitely up there on the list of people I want to talk to about branding and partnerships and personal branding and brand growth. But then the world erupted. Um, and I'm, yeah. I'm not specifically talking about Corona. We're obviously talking about the movement that started in America with Black Lives Matter. And I thought out of all the people that I know in my network, you would be at the top of the list of people that I think is a good conversation for us to have together. It's a time where I think a lot of people like myself are in a position where we want to do something. Um, being South African, you have this innate need to mobilize and to do mm. something, but putting your energy in the right place, I think is always important. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it is very important. And I think it's important that being, these things are happening right now um, sadly they've happened for years and years and years and years but i think now when the world has essentially stopped and is really forced to take a listen and take stock of exactly what is happening around them what people are going through what people's experiences are and have been um, it allows people to actually be able to finally digest these things and not be too caught up in their own lives happening at some rate of knots and keeping up with the rat race and the hustle and bustle of whatever their lives may entail. But now we have all been forced to either completely stop or slow down as things are, you know, easing with each lockdown in each country, kind of slowly trying to get things back to normal, but we still are so far from normal. And we have of course embraced this new normal that you can't, but have to look at what's happening right now when there isn't much happening anywhere else too. This is the main, you know, optical focus. This is what we are all forced to focus on. And I think it's it, anything like that right now that can galvanize so many people behind it who feel passionately about it and can finally really address it with the amount of attention that everyone has no choice but to pay attention to. It, um, it's definitely the right time for it to happen. And, you know, it's, it, it, brings to, it brings to mind when people were speaking about 2020 being, how we've all spoken about how it being that kind of, um, for most, a write-off year and 2020 is cancelled. Uh, it's obviously been a wasted year. Um, how, what are you looking at for 2021? Because this year is not going to really bring much else when we've lost so much of it. Um, maybe... As, as it's been stated by some, maybe this is the year that we've been waiting for. Maybe this is the year that we all really needed to sit back and, and well, not necessarily sit back, but well, firstly sit back and, and go within, but then allow these other things to happen because now it's the right time for them to finally, um, to finally come to fruition and fully happen and be given the, uh, the respect of, of of attention that they've been demanding for all this time. And now is a time when so many people are either forced to go back to start again from, from, from scratch or do things differently. Everyone's speaking about, you know, innovation and disruption and all those things, mm. but how do you restructure to save your business? Or how do we do things differently to keep up with the new times? And, 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 and now it's beyond Corona. The new times need to be times that are, that are more empathetic, more compassionate, but more inclusive to every single person so that we can really, really inhabit this earth 
on an equal footing or as much of an, of an equal footing as possible. It's not going to happen overnight, yeah. but at least the intention is, is everything. And I think that that's, um, that that's what makes it so important. So I'm going to unpack a lot of what you've said, um, you know, just to put things in perspective, obviously being a podcast, people don't get to see the emotion and, and sort of see what I see, um, you know, having met you and known you for a couple of years and fortunate enough to call you my friend, but you're a black male. You grew up in South Africa. Um, you know, we have our own very challenging past in our country of apartheid of yeah, sort of yeah. coming out of that process um, or that period. And, you know, then, then moving into a natural sort of post-crisis period, um, you know, yeah. I, I don't want to spend time unpacking how that political system has worked and, you know, the positives and the negatives, but that's in a nutshell, that's it. We were in an apartheid period. We're now out of apartheid. I started school in 94. Um, so I was mm -hmm. that sort of first year of allowing to be in a mixed yes. sort of environment. Um, so for me growing up, I don't have any frame of reference of apartheid. I didn't see the difference in terms of you know marks on benches or poles or anything like that but saying yeah. that we would all have our heads in the sand even as south africans even today if we didn't acknowledge that there certainly still are huge injustices huge um, prejudices that are in our immediate environment our macro environment and they're there and so many mm. memes so many stories and this is this is what i want to start with is social media and the growth and development of that platform has taken a problem, like you said, that's not new. This, you know, racial injustice mm -hmm. is not new and really yeah. blown it up and really put it in front of everyone's face to the point where not only now are you expected to participate in conversation or post a black square, but you also then being followed up with, if you posted a black square, that's not enough. If you're not yeah. doing this or that, that's not enough. If you just posted yeah. this and you're not actioning it, that's not enough. So mm. my starting point of my conversation is talk us through that process, that, that sort of, yes, you may not be in America, but I don't think the experiences are very different. You're a very well-traveled individual. What is it like walking through the world as a black man? I'm, I'm really so glad that you've, said walking through the world because it's something that you realize is everywhere you go um you know there's 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 racism of some kind kind of everywhere you go where um where a black person is the minority um or the anomaly or you know just a rare sighting of sorts and it's um it's just quite frankly at best quite uncomfortable um, because it's something that is always pointed out and that you're reminded of. You are brought up in a world where you're kind of just um, forced to, you know, um, be okay with, um, with the fact that you're always going to be surrounded by white people wherever you go. You kind of speak their language. You um, have been taught their, their ways, taught their history, taught... Um, exposed to a lot of their food, their ways, their nuances, whatever it might be, interests. Um, we've got a lot of our, our own culture, but you kind of taught a lot of white people's culture too. So the ways of doing the how they do things is something that is just kind of um, something that just ends up being very normal for you um, because the systems is the systems push that agenda. 
so when you travel around for you seeing a white person okay yeah um it's just like it's it's not really a thing but for them the other way around um it, it always ends up being a thing and you can feel that it's very rare that i've traveled to places where i'm not constantly reminded of the color of my of the color of my skin i always have to you know you you get those looks and where you're fairly comfortable but then you get those looks and then you just immediately think oh yes yeah i'm black yeah. hi um yeah um, it's uh, clearly an issue for you but i'm just gonna i'm just gonna ignore this and just kind of keep moving on or if it gets uncomfortable i'm maybe gonna ask you to you know please stop staring because it's rude yeah um but for the most part we have to kind of be um you know fix fix our our expressions and our lips so to speak to be more appeasing and just let these things slide um and that i think is is the greatest challenge in those experiences you know it, it's it's those things which leads to i guess feelings that seem like passive aggression or um even microaggressions that that occur or things that people say in slight and subtle ways that may seem like they're being funny but they really are very ignorant um in the way they say things or um assuming certain things because of the color of your skin and that being a cool thing to say yeah things where they where people are just so out of touch and so tone deaf that we've made it such a normal funny joke that people say um you know oh you speak so well you yeah. know everyone yeah. every black person has has had that experience every yeah. black person has had the experience of someone saying you know you speak so well or the 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 extra vigilance that you can feel all of a sudden yeah. the possibility of someone coming up to you and asking you if you work at that place yeah. um you know something that happens um, here quite often which is which is a lot of the time laughable especially as the majority um you know the majority population being black people you get so many white people whatever i'll i'll be I've, i've had it happen to me a couple of times where i'm in a suit you know <laughs> i'm in a suit and I'm, and i'm and i'm essentially in my sunday best and i'm walking through the shop and i'm um looking for some things to buy and i'll still get asked it's very clear I, i don't work there but i'll still get asked you know do you work here um, which is hilarious have, right because you're probably yeah. one of the most recognizable faces in the country um you know 1 million plus followers on social media networks it's bizarre that that should happen but on the back of what you said i shared a post um on my instagram stories today on both the business account and my personal account and it really spoke to me in terms of the reality look i, I don't want to get into the conversation about privilege and you know equality and that kind of thing but yeah, the, yeah. the recognition that there is an imbalance in the scale of equality a recognition that there is an existence of privilege for white or other skin colors in terms of how the world sees them i think it'll be completely ignorant if 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 you didn't recognize that um mm. you know not to sort of rehash the many memes that have gone around this week about what is privilege what if you are this 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 then you are privileged but something that i read today was a 18 year old guy from houston in america He mm-hmm. shared a video on TikTok and he said by the age of 11 his mom had read him and had sort of inculcated in him this list of rules for his behavior mm-hmm. outside the house purely be- mm-hmm. purely based on this color of his skin 
And it was things that don't put your hands in your pockets. Yeah. Don't put your hoodie on. Don't be outside without a shirt on, you know, check in with the people, check in with your people all the time. Um, You know, don't touch anything you're not buying. That one, that one, like Mm. it angered me just reading it. Don't touch something you're not buying because of Mm. the color of your skin. And this is, you know, just to set the sort of pretense, and there's a list of them that he's shared, um, just to set that sort of scene of what level or what platform a person of a different skin color has to start on and purely based Mm. on a factor they have no control on, I think is just so important for people who are struggling to get their heads around what the Black Lives Matter movement is about. You know, I've heard people say, "What's, what's all the fuss? This is the fuss. This is the fuss. The fuss is that someone has to think about what they touch in a store because of what people mm. might think of them based on the color of their skin. Mm. No, absolutely. And I mean, it, it's, it, it's definitely worth outlining that, you know, when it comes to a few of those things, we have a lot of differences with the States in that regard, but it's, it's different ways of, um, you know, that racism actually being shown. Yeah. Um, you know, in the States, it's, it's something that you hear and see over and over again where kids from a very early age um, are, are taught to deal with policemen in a certain way. Um, you know, I posted this video a few days ago of this little, like, seven-year-old girl who's with her dad and they, you know, speaking to the camera and the dad says, so what's this routine that we have, that, that we practice at home? And this little, this little girl says, um, when the policeman comes to the car, put your hands up where they can see them. Um, tell them your name. Tell them that you can't harm them. And tell them, um, you know, where, where you live. And, 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 and tell them that you listen to whatever they have to say. And that way they'll probably leave you alone. Like, you, you're telling such a, such a young, from a young age, you're getting this yeah. into, into the mind of your child. And it's something that, that's taught across the board. And, and it's, um, it, it, it's, it's part of... It's part of that existence, that constant vigilance. So, so here it's like you're brought up, and it's um, if if you're told that you um, aren't good enough for something, or that you're only just a quota, or that uh, or, or someone holds something in a certain way, don't don't take that to heart. They're just assuming this or assuming that. Mm. Um, you know, if a white person does this or white person does that, just be just be wary that. If you're in this area, that's what they might think. I have a friend who, in the midst of everything, two days ago, she's a tall, beautiful, um, black girl, curly hair, and um, she was in the supermarket buying something. And this woman in the supermarket, when she walked past her, just clutched onto her handbag. And I promise you, if, if you wouldn't even, it just doesn't make any sense to me if I had to you know, show you um, but it, it shouldn't even be relevant, right? But yeah. but she does this, this this woman does this, and my friend is just kind of like shocked, kind of like in the midst of everything that that's still you know that that's still the behavior that we yeah. have to constantly you know live through. And when when she finishes at the supermarket, this woman happened to be parked right next to her, yeah. and she drives quite a nice car, my friend. And so while this woman's packing her groceries, my friend pulls up next to her in her car. Well, she, she walks to her car and they happen to be parked next to each other. And as she's going to the car, this woman's like, 
excuse me, is that your car? Is, is that your, I just want to make sure it's your car. Oh, you And you're kidding. just thinking, yeah, absolutely. And she's like a um, late 20s and um, she's, yeah, she's accomplished, intelligent. And you, I just, I, you just can't fathom it. And I think for, in, in a very, in a very sad way, it's just so ingrained in mm. their minds too that they have to have all these fears. Um, and it, it's just really frustrating and you know, it, it's, it's tiresome. You know, yeah. even, even when you have to kind of go through it and, and speak about it, you just can't help but think of how exhausting it all is to have to constantly pay, play through in different ways yeah. um, of, of all those kinds of experiences that you will, um, that you will have. One of the things um, that really was, was um, that stood out as well during this week was someone said, well, if you're tired of hearing about racism, imagine how tired we, ha- we are of experiencing it. And I think that's mm. just, you know, for, yes, it fills our feed and it, it should, like it should, if that's, it where should. We are, if that's where our attention is, it should never leave our feed until it is a solved problem or until there are strategies mm. in place to manage it. But I guess, from all of this, you know, the black squares that we all posted, um, you know, all of this, there's two prongs to my question. The first part is we've got great momentum going, whether it's in America, whether it's here, whether it's in the UK. And unfortunately the nature of change means that it comes with good and comes with bad. We know this from our history, no change ever came from people just standing still and hoping for the best. Um, you know, mm. I think in, in, and I'm par- going to paraphrase, but like Barack Obama gave an amazing speech this week. And there was a sort of question aimed at, you know, do you solve these problems by voting or do you solve these problems by protesting? And his answer was, yes. it's not an either or, it's both. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. we saw that, you know, some of the most, the, the greatest turning points in our apartheid history were when students, and this is what I find so incredible, like we're coming up to youth day in South Africa, when students took to the streets and when actually no enough is enough and yes lives were lost and yes there Mm. was chaos and there was violence and unfortunately things have to change and standing by quietly isn't the way it generally has to happen so with the momentum and the energy and the passion and the blood and the tears that are going on at the moment the focus of my, my question around the podcast today was what can we do what can I do what can my friend do what can people in the world do to make a difference and to make an impact? How are you, how are you living? You know, you have to kind of ask yourself that. Um, I was having many conversations around it. And, you know, the one thing you come to the conclusion of is that, you know, now that you've made your statements and reposted your stories, how will you actually take that further? Um, are those words that you've strung together reflective of your lifestyle offline? Um, well, when you're offline, what are you actually um, doing to change who, sorry, not who, but how you are interacting, um, what you're doing within your workplace um, to actually maybe change the, the structure of, of who gets opportunities and um, how you are dealing with microaggressions or um, discrimination within your workplace. How do you deal with that? Um, you know, you've, you've kind of joined everyone online with this full voice, but now how do you go and continue to, to sing 
quietly when no one is listening to you singing about it too? How do you keep that tune going on within your life um, to show that you actually are committed to that cause? And the ways that people have, have, have options have seemingly actually been quite, quite endless. There's the ways that I described now, but even with the donations and everything, you know, people are like, do I just donate? Is that going to do anything? But it actually has been doing um, quite a lot. You know, there's many different platforms to donate to, and they all go to, towards different things, be it uh, right now, if we're focusing on Black Lives Matter, in particular in the States, there's getting protesters, obviously, um, the, uh, the putting up of the bail to get them out to jail, helping those families that have been affected, um, helping communities that are, um, you know, major victims of systematic racialism within their areas to give opportunities maybe um, to young black youth as a result with bursaries or whatever it might be, helping lawyers be able to finally put certain cases forward for um, wrongfully arrested uh, people in prisons. Mm. There's, 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 there's many different kinds of things that can be done, but it really just starts with the essence of how you live in your life to be actively change that um it there's no good putting all the support out there and going and jumping on the bandwagon of black squares if we aren't going to keep the movement going on and on as you've as you've rightfully stated you think of all the other black lives matter protests that have happened in the past they've kind of all been flashes in the pan and you know things happened and then it kind of just moved on and i think now this needs to just like keep happening and keep happening and keep happening and really just be so frustrating to many that they, if they haven't already looked within and realized what's happening around them um, or realize the, um, the, for lack of a better term, the, well, actually the wrongs and injustices that's perhaps happening around mm-hmm. them, then, then it's just going to keep happening until they realize. I, I was really impressed by, uh, is it uh, Alex O'Hannon? I think it's Alex O'Hannon who's uh, married to Serena Williams, yeah. and he's he's of course one of the founders of Reddit. And you know he he had said, okay, I found Reddit to essentially establish a com- a community essentially um, initially, and you know I've realized from our board and the people that are within our board is just really not representative at all. So instead of complaining about it, I. I thankfully have managed to build something with Reddit that allows me to step down because we've done well to step down and fill that spot with another candidate, a a black candidate that can move us forward and take us forward. And in fact, with my shares moving forward from Reddit, I'm going to redistribute that into um, areas of need into the black communities, um, Mm -hmm. you know, or in ways that empowers black people. Um, and I think that's something that is so powerful. But yeah. w- w- what happens on the flip side, sadly, is that because of the world that we're in, and I guess it's always kind of been the case, but even now I'm also with social media and needing to market this and market that. I saw an email yesterday um, directed at Chantal Martin, who's an incredible artist uh, from London, but she's based in, in New York. She's a, she's a black artist and she's a black queer artist who's just absolutely phenomenal. And she got an email from the marketing agency within McCann Erickson um, that focuses on Microsoft. And they said, um, hi Chantel, we love your work. We think you're an incredible um, young black artist. Uh, we'd, we'd, we'd love for you to um, please 
you know, partner with us and be able to create on one of our walls that have been boarded up in the streets of the protesters a mural for us while the protests are still relevant. So please let us know when we can meet up um, and really jump on this and, uh, and do some incredible work. And those are things that are said that is just yeah. like, just completely, you just yeah. miss the point completely. Yeah. You know, and I'm so glad she addressed and, ex and, and exposed something like that because that, that's something that is still persisting now where people, you know, will say that. And it's like, I, you clearly didn't get a single yeah, thing from it, mark. you know? And, and now you're thinking, you, okay, cool. I'm going to change this. I'm going to do this. But you need to also be very wary of, of how real your intentions are. How, how, how authentic is it to you? How much does this actually mean to you to try and make this change how does your language affect um, what you do and how you do this? And it's very clear there that it's not something that's actually felt because you're yeah. thinking, oh, after this weekend, it's not going to be relevant anymore because they wanted her to do it this weekend immediately. Sorry for the short notice is kind of how yeah. it, it jumped into it. Um, and that already is just um, not, not the tune that you should, you should be singing at all. Um, and those are the voices that uh, really need to need to go back and, and and find the right hymn sheet and actually genuinely feel what they're singing. And sadly, it's just so far from happening. But there is a a real real glimmer of hope now, and you can really feel it. You can feel that uh, people are starting to get the point. You can feel people are willing to learn. I think that willingness to learn is really, really important, which is why I'm loving this conversation. It's about you know what can be done. Yeah. Um, and that's what people who, who are listening, who are in those positions of, um, you know, relative uh, privilege to be able to address these things or change them somehow or improve them so that we can all be able to move towards a, a better state of affairs where we can all inhabit um, a world where we can kind of, you know, reach that level of um, equality and justice as a whole, then, um, yeah, then, then then there's kind of no better way of approaching it. Yeah. Well, you you jumped ahead um, with that with that Sorry. one. Sorry. My next. No, no, that's great. It's it's great. But my next sort of progression of the conversation was, you know, being a, the podcast. Obviously, the the business and the, and the direction is well branded, and and the focus is on branding and healthy branding and sustainable branding. And um, each week I do free webinars, and last week's Saturday's one was on content creation. And yeah. you can't, you know, you, you have to address the white elephant in the room if you're going to talk about content and creating content to businesses um, about the concept of utilizing or leveraging protest action or something relevant and, and global like Black Lives Matter for a marketing mm. purpose. Now, some would argue that there's a very fine line that, you know, it, it's something that's relevant. And as a marketeer or a brand manager or a brand custodian, your job is to have your ear to the ground, you know, know what's going on in the world and take advantage and grab it with two hands. However, in my opinion, and I'm going to fling this your way in a second, there comes okay. a time where you need to use that sense of discrepancy to analyze a situation, read the humanity behind a campaign or behind um, a process. Because I, I think rather than calling it a campaign, I'd like to call it a process that the world is going through and know that you either back that 100% as a brand, and like you use the example of Serena's husband, backs it, stands for it, actions it, and follows through with it, as opposed yes. to 
putting out that insincere, we are great, we do this, we have X amount of black employees in our companies, we stand with you, you know, hands up, woohoo, let's go. It's a very difficult space for brands. You know, it's that example you gave, it's very easy to go, okay, as a brand, let's quickly strategize. What do we do? Do we pull in the, the, the black person we have in our network to suddenly speak mm. on our Instagram live this week and show that we have that in our network and we're doing our thing? that line of sincerity is, is, is a very, very fine one. And if you were giving some advice to brands on how to approach it more than what you've, you've said already, obviously about being sincere and being committed, what would that be? I think even going off the last thing we said, it would be the same advice. I probably, um, you know, which, which highlights one thing would be firstly just before jumping the gun to go and do something is listen first. Listen to all those people um, who have, who, who, who you work with, all those people of color who have had the certain experiences, who can be able to really tell you what is felt, um, how they're affected by it, um, both in the outside world and within um, the, the workplace that you've provided for them. Um, listen to listen to how firstly those things can be done better and then kind of listen further ashore and start to gain more of that before making any kind of decision and then once you've listened to all of that one thing that marketing or one thing that companies have done with regards to marketing with COVID right now and I've probably seen it I mean not to expose my pit, my my pedantic OCDness, but you know I'd like to be quite specific. But I've probably seen and heard it about ninety three times. We're all in this together. We're in this together. We're all in this together. We're like literally the same tagline. Rather, you know, so we we're experiencing it kind of together. But what this does is expose that actually we we really have not all in this together. We've never all been in this together. Yeah. So why is that the case? If we look at our company, have we really all been in this together ever? Is this just a momentary thing where we've tried to be all in this together? No. And if not, well, this is what we're doing to finally be in these kinds of things together moving forward. This is what we're going to do. This is what perhaps you can do. This is what we commit to this is what we'll put our um our head on the line for perhaps we all need to go back and figure out what it means to be you know essentially experiencing something together what what does that mean if we if we really are all in this together then we're being equally affected by it aren't we like if we really are all in this yeah. together, then we're yeah. having an equal experience but if there's also one thing that covid is, has exposed is that no not at all i think of our, you know, our own selves here in, in, in South Africa being the most unequal country in the world because of the massive, um, you know, wealth and poverty gap yeah. is that it's been hard to keep a really solid lockdown in most areas which are, you know, underprivileged areas because there's no space to be locked down in your home with a family of um, minimum six and probably up to, in some cases, um, you know, 
20 in the, in, in the small space yeah. and you're trying to make that work. Um, we've been doing these food relief uh, missions around, around the country and went to a, a home that had thankfully, uh, you know, three bedrooms, not the typical one or two um, bedroom, small, small holding, but three bedrooms, but there were 17 people that lived there. Yeah. Yeah. 17 people. And it's just, a, it's, a, it's a commonality in South Africa. And so you want those people, I mean, we're going on the high end of it, but even if we go for the one bedroom where there's four people living in it, or even three people living in it, you want those people to, to stay locked down that entire time. Those things that expose the fact that um, it is a, a privilege to even be locked down. Mm. Um, they are far likelier, especially with, you know, certain sicknesses that are going around um, and not even being able to wash their hands properly because they don't have access to running water. All those kinds of things show all those um, differences and discrepancies and shows that, you know, we're not actually really all in this together. In the States, yeah. there's been an alarming number showing that even though black people are the minority, there's been a high percentage of black people um, catching COVID and dying from it which has been exposing a whole bunch of other things about really not being all in this together. Yeah. So if you're going to go and do something to try and market what you're doing, maybe, maybe just put the kind of whatever you would be marketing normally in the background and be honest and frank about conversation and address the we're in this together and show how we're going to, how you're going to put in the effort to actually be all in this together for things that will be able to affect us. And when they do affect us, they affect us equally because there aren't others who are greater than that. There aren't others who think they're greater than the other, you know, there yeah. isn't a yeah. superiority complex that is enforced um, that only promotes other people to um, other people of a certain ethnicity or color. Of course, in this case, white people to be able to be um, better supported and get more opportunities. And really yeah. that you are backing everyone within your workplace and you're opening it up to give equal opportunity, um, then, then we just might be at that point. And I think that um, yeah. people would be definitely far more receptive to that. Well, I think, and, and this, is, um, this is, I think, the most important starting point, isn't it, is in order to have, you know, the, the, the popular tagline, and unfortunately, the pace that social media moves at in today's time yeah. means that something that is starts off as a really powerful, really poignant, really relevant statement, like something that said muted and listening, for example, which was quite hyped up in the last week. A lot of people posted the black square and said muted, but listening or silent, but listening or paused, but listening. And it mm. became a buzz phrase. It became a thing that you then got, Oh, well, don't say that because it doesn't mean anything. But if, yep. you, if you strip that back to the essence of stopping, like taking account of what is actually going on around you and listening to the conversations, like you said earlier, it would put into reference and into sort of perspective things like so. I mean, I've had, I can't tell you the number of conversations I've had where I live in the UAE with people going, oh, well, you know, in South Africa, they're not really listening. Like, have you seen the news? People are out in the streets and you mm. say, yes, they are. 100% they are. Because if you've walked through Soweto and you've seen 
the living conditions and you see in the space that a family of 12 has to live in, they can barely sleep a night in it if they're fortunate enough to have that space for a night. You know, the, the man that's feeding those 11 mouths has to find food for that family. Asking him mm. to sit home and do nothing is, it's, he'd that's rather risk point. everything that's out there to feed his family. Yeah. And it's just that, it's just stopping, understanding, listening, and then acknowledging. And that's where, when I started this conversation, I said to you, tell us what it's like to walk through the world as a black man. Because if you stop and listen to when you walk into a shop, how you get judged versus me or the next white person or the next pink or green or purple person, it is different. And for us to move on and address and activate and you know, make force change, we have to acknowledge that. Mm, absolutely. And, and you speak about make force change, and, and that has to be acknowledged. The, the, the reason why people resist change, and it's, it's something that is always very clear, is because they're always worried about what they have to give up. But, you know, what, do you, what are you scared of giving up? What, why is that such a massive thing? What are you really afraid of as a whole? What is it going to change in your life to have to... Um, to have to let go of of whatever you're holding on to so tightly. Yeah. You know, imagine what you have to gain as a result from it. Yeah. And I think that that's what's always forgotten. Um, and yeah, that's 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 a hundred percent, hundred percent that you're right. So my last question to you is this: so from the other side of the fence now, you know, not being a black person and wanting to take action and wanting to mobilize and wanting to be proactive and productive and have a voice in the struggle. There's been a very strong sort of repelling force, or maybe we could call it judgment, or maybe criticism is probably the best word via online. And you see it. I mean, you, you can spend as much time reading useful information about what the struggle is and why people are struggling as well as those sideline conversations about how dare you post this when we know you don't mean it or don't use that language because you're not black and you don't, you know, the sidebar mm. conversations that are just not constructive have really created a sense of fear in maybe even black, but definitely in a lot non-black communities or, or people that do want to mobilize and do want to do something as to, am I going to say the right thing? Am I going to do the right thing? Um, I sat down with friends this week and, and she said to me, you know, it took me an entire day to make a post because I was so scared of saying the wrong thing. Yeah. It, once again, it's, um, if you feel like you're at a point where like you, that you really don't really understand fully, then it really is just the fact that you don't, you don't have to, um, go out there and make a post and, and, and do it because it's being done everywhere. You can cut immediately, as I say, immediately just make sure that you are listening to it until you feel like you have the full understanding and the vocab to be able to address this and to really fully understand. Because if you, if you at that point where you don't know what to say and you're walking on those eggshells, then you probably really don't know what to say and you probably shouldn't say it. Because the other side of the coin is that, you know, People need to understand that as, as, as black people, we appreciate that allyship, of course, if it's genuine, 
um, and it's um, really something where you can people where you can see people are actioning it. But when you're just saying it just to say it, then it's really patronizing and condescending and actually just you know quite frankly very annoying. Yeah. Um, rather just rather just keep doing whatever research you can to understand better um, and to get involved in those conversations, but still listening and not always having to be the one that is, um, you know, leading the conversation and feeling like they have to get their word in and, and, and have a say, rather just keep asking and until you're, you're, you're finding the answers that you, that you're looking for, um, that you didn't know were there that you may have missed. Um, go deeper and if it feels like you're still not quite there go even deeper and it feels like you still haven't quite gotten the grassroots go even deeper than that and then you should have hit a point where you can really just go ah damn I, I had that all wrong and now I get it yeah and I think that really is it don't that's what I found as well with with what was happening this week people were just immediately jumping on the bandwagon and why people were saying i'm i'm totally with it yeah, you know this yeah. is ridiculous and 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 then yeah sure it is but then you keep talking and you keep writing and then it starts to just kind of get a little bit cringy just yeah. just rather just um try if you are going to say something and you're not so sure just try to say it as short as possible that is as short as possible as you can feel when it starts to feel like you're trying to add in words to show more strength yeah. behind it then you should probably you know get rid of those words and, and say less yeah. yeah um and, and and go back and keep learning I, yeah. I think that that's super 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 important to do um and I'm, I'm hoping that's making sense i'm hoping it's not being something that is you know turning down people's efforts to to want to get involved in the conversation that's great mobilize that's something you can do um you know spread the word on the different uh, what do you call them, petitions or places to donate or what can be done in the workplace, have those conversations and, 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 but you don't have to do it on social media for everyone um, to see, you know, it, it can come across as, um, yeah, something that's perhaps more cringeworthy than, than, than anything else as I'm sure for, for many will be appreciated, but you know, you know, when it's genuine and you know, when it's not, you can see when someone feels like it's, it's forced. Yeah. So say what you mean and mean what you say, right? Say what you mean, mean what you say. But say what you mean and mean what you say when you know what you what you what you're talking about. What you're talking about, absolutely. Yeah. Speak from a point of knowledge. Maps, I can't thank you enough for your time. I know how busy you are. I've been there. I've seen it. I've tried to move your schedule around myself in the past. So I am very grateful for your time. Thank you very much. I'm actually, um, can I leave you with something? Yes, please do. This is something that I, um, so I, I, when I was in school, I used to write quite a bit of, I used to write quite a bit of poetry and stuff. And um, I haven't done that in about 12 years. And with everything that was happening this, this week or, you know, the past couple of weeks, from nowhere, it just kind of came and um, ended up just like jotting something down that was a stream of consciousness that I've kept to myself, but figure in this conversation um, that I can, you know, maybe put it out there and make people think a little bit. Absolutely. Have you ever thought, 
Have you ever thought that maybe it's not about not seeing color, but acknowledging it and still recognizing me as your sister or your brother? Have you ever thought that maybe we are humans of equal value or considered how dehumanizing it is that we still have to tell you? Have you ever thought that maybe I've gotten pretty far, but if you looked like us, you would have needed to work twice as hard? Have you ever thought that maybe these injustices are real and actually felt the pain that black people feel? Have you ever thought that maybe each day a black person rises, their life is on the brink, and that maybe, just maybe, today would be the day to think? Have you ever asked yourself exactly why feeling the same level of outrage is tough? Because it would be a good time to raise your voice and let your kin know enough is enough. There's so much I want to say, but then again, are you even listening? That's amazing. I love that. I feel very Thank honored you. that you're sharing that on my podcast for the first time. <laughs> I feel very, very honored. <laughs> so we'll have to get yeah, those was... words off you so that we can share it and get it, get it out to the world. Because I think apart from how amazing it is just to hear you read it, what you're saying is it's so eloquently constructed, but it's so, it's so deep and meaningful at the same time. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. You know, it's, um, it's, it's just about being able to, I guess, to feel it and try and express it in a way that is simple enough to someone, for someone to actually just get the point. Um, and hopefully it kind of plants those seeds. Um, but for now, it's, <laughs> you know, it's the first time I've, I've, I've shared it, but it's, uh, it's kind of safely on my phone for now. It's before, incredible. It won't, it won't be staying on your phone for long. I promise you, I'm going to get that off you before you get to bed tonight, but I thank you so much for your time and thank you so much for sharing that with us. It's, it's really special. And I think it really adds that element of, of you to, to what we're talking about today. And the fact that, you know, there's, there's amazing real people like you that, us are giving us such valuable insight and valuable advice um, that, that we can take and, and, and sort of the more, I think the more people and hearts and souls you put to the, the struggle, the more yeah. that, that sort of adoption of people understanding what it is and understanding the humans behind it um, is, is going to happen. So thank you again, Maps. I can't thank you enough. Thank you. Um, and yeah, I can't, um, I can't wait to have our next, our next catch up. Thanks so much. I can't wait either. Um, yeah, a wonderful conversation with you and yes to change. Take care, Maps. Thank you so much. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me on an episode of Well Branded, the podcast. Subscribe for the latest episode right to your inbox and pop by the website at www.bewellbranded.com. You'll find me on Instagram and Facebook at Be Well Branded, and I would love to hear from you. I hope to catch you on the next episode soon.